Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide, and we're getting ready to jump into March pretty soon. Man, this month has gone by so fast. Now, I spent a little time down at Rifles Only last week. They had their brawl, and before the brawl started, I got down there a day or two early, I sat down with Jacob Bynum from Rifles Only, and he and I did a podcast, and so we did a little 30-minute pre-brawl, talk a little bit about that. Then I went and spent the time at the brawl, took a ton of pictures. You guys can go online, take a look at the photographs and see what's going on. It was kind of cold and rainy, but I mean, it wasn't rainy. It was drizzly. So it wasn't like everybody got soaked. It was more of like annoying wetness than anything. The wind and the cold were probably the biggest obstacles anybody had to fight. Um, but still, great match. Everybody had a good time. Real straightforward stages. And the photographs represent that. You don't see anybody doing anything crazy, whiz, bang, stuff like that. But there's a conversation Jacob and I had about 30 minutes. And then there's another one that Jacob and I had. And I'm going to put the two of them in here. So you're going to jump in with this. But as I want to say, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for popping on a sniper's hide. We are working a whole bunch of things on the hide The app is getting tuned up for the Hyde TV. We're going to be bringing you those lessons and things. The lives will be coming in. We're we're just polishing up the fine tuner points of the app and the changes to the website. We are also going to have an alternative to PayPal for you guys. That'll just be credit card and it'll be kind of layered in so we shouldn't have to worry. But knock on wood, we always have to worry because people are jerks today. But enjoy the conversation with Jacob and myself, and then we'll jump in and talk to you soon. Uh, Right after this, I'll have another podcast this week. Thanks a lot, guys. Enjoy. Back at the range book. Oh, nice. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome back to the Rifles Only Accuracy Podcast. Everything center fire and rim fire. Uh, just wanted to reach out to you guys a little bit. This is the day before the brawl. And so in keeping with that, we wanted to, first off, give out a list of the sponsors for the brawl. Okay, so here we go. First, we've got Mile High Shooting, Manners Composite Stocks, Hornady, Defiance Machine, Magpul, Bartland Barrel, Springfield Armory, XLR Industries, G9 Defense, Saffron Vectronics, DST Precision, Sierra Bullets, uh, Reading Reloading, Wilder Tactical, B&T Industries, Magneto Speed, Kestrel, Tactical Works, Leopold, Weebad, Short Action Precision, Fix-It Sticks, Two Vets Tripods, Thunder Beast Arm Company, <clears throat> Black Rifle Coffee Company, JC Steel Targets, Primary Arms, MDT, Proof Research, Armageddon Gear, Area 419. Did I already say Area 419? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. Okay, Six Hour, Accuracy International North America, Foundation Stocks, Vortex Optics, Capstone Precision Group, Impact Data Books, Redbeard Gunworks, Accutac Bipods, Target Hanging Solutions, Impact, as well as Frank Galley's putting some stuff up on the table. I wonder if he's around here anywhere. Dang, I heard that guy's in town. <laughs> he's in town. <laughs> yeah. Frank, thanks for coming down, man. I appreciate you yeah, being here. Yeah, it was a fun little ride. We, we took a different route. We came through New Mexico, which is actually the route I went home from here through, mm-hmm. like Roswell, but I didn't go Roswell this time. I think I'm going to go Roswell on the way home. Have you been to the museum? Yes, a couple okay. times. Yeah, and I got too. t-shirts from me there, too. so I want new shirts, yeah. so I need to go back. But um, yeah, nice little trip down. Uh, 
we took the route less traveled, no traffic, and yeah. decent. Uh, got rain here, but weather was nice the whole way down. Yeah, you did bring your rain gear, right? Yes, I got rain gear. Okay, good, because it's going to rain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to rain a lot. <laughs> well, cool deal, man. Well, again, thank you for coming down here to, uh, you know, to, to hang out with us at the Brawl. Everybody's really looking forward to you getting here, and it's, it's good to have you back on site for another competition. It's been a couple of years, right? Yeah, yeah, the last one was that um, with the Army or the Marine Corps team was here. Mm -hmm. What was that? 16? Nah, it 15 had to be later than that. Or 13? No, later. Later than that. It had 18 to be like then. 18 or 19. 18 or 19, yeah. I was down, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I put you on top of the on top of the container. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, I you're was. Right, I had right. that mat. Yes, yeah, totally. Right that was a good spot. There. Yeah, that's good. Well, I, I was glad you didn't come down in 2021 because that's when we had the snowmageddon or ice mageddon. Ice mageddon, yeah, okay. Everything was all screwed up. It really broke nice weather for the match. It was, you know, clear and everything else. And now it looks like we're going to have rain mageddon this weekend. So we'll see how that goes. It half, they're going to have rain tomorrow, it looks like, but half a day Saturday. So yeah. Saturday should end on a high note. Well, so. I've been looking, but who knows? It's well, it's It's south texas it's gonna do something <laughs> well with a price table like that it's definitely going to end on a high note yeah oh yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean that that never goes anywhere yeah it's pretty good it's pretty good so what else you've been up to man tell me what tell me what's going um, on in your life just a shot show we just got back from shot show doing that and um so looking at those things and catching up but um just doing getting ready to knock stuff out with chris way yeah you know so him and i have been doing uh putting the programs together and then uh, you know, doing our thing that, uh, getting the video right, getting mm -hmm. all the, um, cause the Hyde TV will be ready pretty soon to bring you guys on, but Hyde TV has the training and the videos and the lives now. So like CR2 is on there, Riflecraft is on there, and we're going to start loading in the, the lessons and all that to the Sniper's Hyde app for the Hyde TV part. Mm -hmm. And so I've been kind of doing a lot of um, meetings to learn it because I don't even know it yet. It's yeah. so new yeah. that you, I, you basically got to get an education on all this electronics and, yeah. and the behind the scenes. So I've been working that until I can knock it out. Anything stand out to you at SHOT Show? Anything new? No. no it was us nothing. lever guns, dude. Yeah. It was, it was, it was um, maintaining in lever guns. The biggest thing which shot for us, and this has been coming up for two, three years now, is the electro optics mm -hmm. so you're seeing the thermals the night vision stuff all coming like athlon sending me matter of fact I, I specifically wrote athlon i'm like hey man i'm going to rifles only tomorrow yeah. i said send me that stuff on tuesday mm -hmm. well it's getting delivered today oh wow. and i'm yeah. like i'm here so but <laughs> uh they have athlon's got a unit coming out of thermal hunting scope Almost half the price of like a Pulsar. Yeah. What, what's there going to be the price point on that one? Oh, uh, like 39, four grand. Okay. Everybody's right. seeming to take those $6,000 units and mm -hmm. the spec for what has generally been $6,000 Pulsar style. Right. Uh, and they're bringing them down to 35 to 4,000. Mm -hmm. So I saw that was coming up. Um, and so thermal's getting big. Like I said, the lever guns, the skeletonized lever guns mm -hmm. were everywhere. Yeah. And then um, everything else was really maintaining. Night Force does have that little kind of saddleless spotter mm -hmm. they have. That's pretty neat. Mm -hmm. A lot of mounting and attachment to it, and it's it's really small. Um, it's just like your scope cutting your turrets off. Mm -hmm. And then um, who else? There was a couple others we looked at. Thunder Beast was huge with the brakes on the suppressors. Yeah. Zero compromise for us, of course, is going to have the new optic. Everybody saw a teaser of it, mm -hmm. but nobody knows what it is. We know what it is. Um, it's what you think it is. 
And so there's that. There's going to be, you mentioned, um, I can't say anything, but I'll say a company you mentioned that mm -hmm. starts with S mm -hmm. and is from Switzerland, Germany, yeah. and does like zappy things. Yeah. They're going to change the fucking landscape. Yeah. And that's coming. I know. <laughs> and that's going to be a game changer. Yeah. I got to play with it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's cool as shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. That's the one. Yeah, yep. that's the one. Yeah, we know all about it. And, and it's funny, too, because somebody called me, um, industry mm -hmm. supporter, sub, sub sponsor, huge. Mm -hmm. Like, there's probably going to be 75 of them out here this mm -hmm. weekend. Mm hmm he called me and he was giving me code mm -hmm. and he's like, did you talk to someone? I'm like, I talk to a lot of people, <laughs> which one more specific. And he was kind of like this and this. I'm like, no. And then he went this and I, yes, I did talk to that guy. Yeah. And he's like, okay, we're good. Cause we're all working together. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we've been aware of that of that of that particular item, knowing. That yeah, I knew it's been around yeah, for a yeah, bit, but it's like putting your hands on it because yeah. you don't know right. until exactly exactly. Um, and, and but the electro optics are huge. I did look at the Collis uh, three to twenty eight. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was it was definitely a worthy upgrade, and and it was really almost the only upgrade in optics. Other than Leopold, they went down with that Mark IV. With the Mark IV series, yeah. And with they're good, and, yeah. and, and that's fine. But those were the only two. I think the only difference between the Mark IV and the Mark V, I mean, there's some other stuff, but it's basically just a zoom ratio, isn't it? Yeah. That's about and, it. Yeah, yeah, really. And then yeah. the colors and something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and so that's neat as hell. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, other than that, it was a lot of maintenance. Mm -hmm. I will say the trickiest thing I saw as I went to FN. Mm-hmm. And their AI modules mm -hmm. are scary as hell. And these yeah. were out on the floor. The coolest one and the one I'll talk about um, was the less than lethal. Because mm -hmm. that's going to be the big deal for us like in the future because mm -hmm. they're predicting problems. Right. The less than lethal AI is super smart. Looks like a, it, it just, it, it looks like half a flashlight. Mm -hmm. Cut it in half. Mm -hmm. And then for the user, it's got a red or a green light. Mm -hmm. And so if you're aiming in on a crowd and you're going to do riot control, like in Denver, a big example was during the George Floyd's, George Floyd's in Denver, a cop got fed up with somebody mm -hmm. and it happened to be a reporter. Mm -hmm. And he popped them from like four feet in the face with a less than lethal. Oh, wow. That, that, That'll hurt you. That'll leave a mark. Yeah. And it left <laughs> a mark. And of course, lawsuits yep. and that whole right. thing. This thing can see that mm -hmm. and will lock the trigger. Okay. So if I aim at your head, mm -hmm. it says that's a no-go. That's a no-go. Trigger don't work. Right. If I aim at your dick, it says that's all go. Right. Trigger works. Right. So, yeah. So they have shit like that. And I will say there is a lethal module. Mm -hmm. I saw that. And I won't get into that one because it's hyper-technical. Mm -hmm. But the less than lethal was pretty... Like, it's either red or green. Right. I'm either going to get you or not. But the weird thing and the cool thing, it's all AI driven. It'll record everything for 11 hours. Yeah. So it knows what that guy did because it's almost like Mantis-like. Mm -hmm. They know, the, these, these modules know the orientation of the rifle, know right. what you're shooting at. Yep. 
and know all these different tricky things that um is just yeah crazy yeah, cool in in the future scary <laughs> i know i know believe me yeah we've been we've been seeing a lot of really really weird stuff come through here you know and you're mm -hmm. you're sitting next to a lot of it <laughs> yeah no i get it and <laughs> yeah. and you know the crazy thing and i'm laughing is it's like because they're talking the, like the ufo disclosure and mm -hmm. shit the funny thing is they're talking about that grush guy yeah and the pentagon and all that and 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 i'm looking at it and quietly i'm going you should just go to DOE. They're going to move it, and they'll have a note. <laughs> it's like, you know? Yeah. But I'm like, the alien people are right there, and you're chasing that guy. Yeah, go exactly. to the alien people. Go to the alien people. Yeah, yeah. So, I, was, I, so I thought that was funny. Right. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been doing, alien stuff. I've been watching the videos from uh, Peru. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And then um, I, I looked at the Nazca mummies, yeah. trying to figure out what that is. I think it's a cake. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 it's Kalichi. They yeah, just put Kalichi. Yeah, I think it's Kalichi. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I talked to I talked to a bud over in in Florida a little bit about the about the the mall thing. Mm -hmm. Oh man, it's just I, I got the party line, brother. I got the party line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just um, nope, nope, not nothing. That was just some, you know, just some misbehaving kids and shit like that. Yeah, kind of like I could see the I could see the freaking air quotes over the phone. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. no problem. <laughs> yeah, no problem. But yeah, well, we've been like I said, we've been getting ready for the brawl. We just finished the train up, and I got um, several youth shooters on this one, which has been nice because they've been here for the train up. And then they've been out like murdering pigs out in our north pasture. Oh, nice! Yeah, since they got here, they've been tearing it up, and they got to shoot. They got to shoot some full auto stuff and my new twenty two Gatlin gun. They got to shoot that. I think someone brought in like I think it's five thousand rounds of ammo. That's Brett's kids, right? Yeah. And then the yeah. I don't see the girl yeah. who that. Yeah. I don't know who she is. Yeah, that. and they they I think someone said they oh he he brought in five thousand rounds of ammunition. And never go through that, and the kids were like challenge accepted. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> challenge accepted. It went really good. Well, cool, man. Um, Let's, uh, yeah, you got a question yeah, in there, so we can definitely right look at it. was yep. a pretty detailed question, it so is, you're going to have to read it through for people. Yep. I have a topic, group size expectations taking into account rifle type, bolt versus semi, and magnification variables. What are people's realistic expectations versus the internet? Twenty-five or point two point five or Sorry, quarter MOA, one whole groups. Example, bolt gun 308, night force 2 to 5 to 20. Um, semi-auto with a 16-inch stainless, Night Force 2.5 to 10, uh, semi-auto with stainless, Night Force uh, 1 to 8. Uh, okay, what do your, what do, does your experience expect different outcomes from each platform? Is a shooter that expects the bolt gun size group out of a 1, and eight, one to 8 semi-auto going to be frustrated when those, got, those groups do not appear? Is it fair to expect all three to be the same when they are all different? A hundred yard prone bipod in the rear bag, all three shooting factory air quote match ammo. And so we're looking there a bolt gun 308 with a night force 2.5 to 10 versus a semi auto with 16 inch stainless, night force 2.5 to 10 versus semi auto with stainless, night force 1 to 8. So I think we're, our variations there is going to be barrel length as well as power on the optic. One's a 2.5 to 20. One's a 2.5 to 10, and one is a 1 to 8. So Yeah, it's a complex question. But, I mean, yeah. we have answers for it, but I would look at it as different uses. So I'm going to see different, like the 1 yeah. to 8, I'm looking at it in a different way than right. the bolt guns. But, um, yeah, go ahead. You can start it, and then I'll... Well, it kind of goes up with one of these things when you start thinking about, you know, what what sort of, of semi-auto, you know, we're talking about a 308. And so a long time ago... I had a conversation, a very extensive conversation with George Gardner back when he was pumping out those AR-10s. Like you probably remember that. Mm -hmm. you know, it was Got AR -10. him. Yeah, they, um, 
you know, real, real accurate guns. And so we were having the conversation, you know, what's more accurate? Is it going to be the bolt gun or is it going to be the semi-auto? And his, his idea was there's no reason that the semi-auto cannot be just as accurate as the bolt gun. Right. And for a lot of reasons on how the barrels are made and how they fire and everything else. And then I presented to him, yeah, but here's the thing. Every time you pull the trigger on semi-auto anything, whether it's, you know, a large frame AR, uh, a regular AR uh, carbine or, you know, M4 or even a semi-automatic handgun, you get three distinct recoils. Mm -hmm. And the first one is when the gun goes off. The second one is when the bolt and bolt carrier group come to the rear and they eject the spent casing. And then a counter recoil whenever the gun reloads itself. And so I've, I've talked this in class a couple of times. Oh man, whenever I'm, whenever I'm shooting my M4, and this is the guys who shoot M4s a lot, whenever I pull the trigger, I just fill one recoil. I say, okay, so whenever you passed out the last round and it locks to the rear, do you think you have a malfunction or do you think you're out of ammo? Well, I think I'm out of ammo. I said, yeah, because that lizard part in your brain didn't pick up that third counter recoil. You know you're out. That's mm -hmm. why you start going for a new magazine immediately. The, the thing that gets me on this question, and I'm thinking that it's going to be one of these things that, uh, that I'm saying this because I'm getting older. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to see very well, you know, using a one to eight scope. Right. You know, I just, I'm that's not a minute a man deal. Yeah. And that, and you know, that, that's, that's the purpose of that. If I had, if I had a weapon like that. Speed, right. I'm just yeah, going to go fast, yeah. get a flash, a sight exactly. picture and go for exactly. it. Exactly. My, I'm not worried about Cone you know, half minute accuracy or anything like that, because that gun is obviously set up for working inside a house or across the street or something like that. You start to get out into the other ones, you know, the semi-auto uh, 16 inch, with a night force two and a half to 10 that tells that that to me is a designated marksman gun yeah. you know what i mean that's yeah. like a that's like a 600 700 yard gun and not that they won't go further because obviously they will uh but that that's a designated marksman gun so it's not we're not really using that gun for that kind of precise accuracy but then you get up to the bolt gun 308 night force two and a half to 10 okay well now we're talking now i can see to where i can want to go and measure my group size and stuff like that and mm -hmm. I know that this gun is this gun is significantly uh, different just for it, it seems like it's a bolt gun it's made for right. a different purpose so yeah i don't know man i don't know you know i i have a whole line on this question kick it one this question is from 2003 mm -hmm. it negates all the work we've done for the last 20 years on semi-automatic shooting mm -hmm. it negates all because it's asking about internet myths and legends yeah exactly so it doesn't understand where ARs are today in accuracy, machining, and all mm -hmm. that. The barrels, like a, a great example. So JP, they, the Valkyrie comes out. JP's like, hey, man, I got a semi for you and the whole thing. So I knew like, he was going to get brought up in this conversation. Yeah, well, because yeah. they're super accurate. Yeah, Seekins as well, and I'll yeah. jump into Seekins. And, yeah. and I'm going to bring that up in a second because I, I just got a bunch of Seekins um, SP10s in. Then... I go and I get this gun and I'm going to fly, right? I, 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 as soon as I get the rifle, like a month later, Hornaday comes out with the 88 grain ammo. Mm -hmm. I don't even get to zero it at home. I got crazy winds. It's terrible. And I'm flying to Tennessee to shoot Gary Larson's Guardian match in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So I bring the rifle and the ammo down there from my Colorado zero in my 18 mile an hour wind. Mm -hmm. I was eight tenths off of my zero in Tennessee, but I had a day to kind of dope the rifle a little bit down there on some limited targets. I shoot it, I dope it, it's shooting really good, everything's great. I shoot Gary's match and I come in 14th, I think. Mm -hmm. So overall, a semi-auto, I come in 14th. I take that gun and I'm gonna go to Alaska with it. And Alaska's got issue with ammo. Mm -hmm. 
I'm like, okay, what do they got for Valkyrie? So I call up to James up there because Mark's not going to go. Right. James is going. J- James, what ammo you guys got for Valkyrie at Sportsman's Warehouse? He says he's got 75 grain American Eagle at $7.99 a box. Awesome. Bargain. Beautiful. <laughs> Dude, get me a case of it. I'll pay yep. you when I get up there. Uh, Jim B. Yeah. From down here is yeah. up there taking pictures. Yeah. And he's got the same guns he's had from down here mm-hmm. in um, the pilot. Yeah. He's up there. He shoots his gun and it's one of his best groups. Mm-hmm. I got the Valkyrie and I'm going to zero it with the 75 grain stuff. I shoot, I shoot, and I only see one hole and nothing else. And I'm thinking these horror stories from the Valkyrie now. Right, right, right. I shoot another one and there's one hole. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, what's wrong with this? I'm not printing on the paper. Yeah. I move my aim and shoot and the next hole appears. Yeah. I stacked them all and just wiggled it that little one. And I'm like, this gun shoots amazing. Mm -hmm. And that's the quality today of these semi-autos and with our ammo. And so we and that's not fi- exactly top shelf ammo either. No, you know it's I mean? not. Yeah. And so these semis are so good. But then this question negates Chris Way mm-hmm. and the craft drill. Mm-hmm. Because today, if you get on a bench and you're going to do your load development and you come away from it and tell me you're a quarter minute shooter, mm-hmm. I'm going to say sitting, kneeling, standing. Right. What are you doing? Give me the group. The average Chris sees on the first set of craft drills is between three and four MOA. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't matter the platform. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't. But that's that's where the craft drills came into really they that's what makes them so useful. Right. But this is what so do you wanna be the you know load development bench rest guy? Hey man, come shoot the brawl. I can't. Why not? I'm still developing my load. Of course you are. How long have you been working on it? Oh, six months. It's almost ready. Right? Yep. Have we not yep. heard that for a yep. hundred years? Yep. Okay. So it's like, what are they chasing? I know. I know. And I want you to get out and shoot. I want you to do these things and be practical about it. So I see that question as a 20-year-old question in today the script is flipped. Yeah. Yeah. I would not be, um, we talked about this, the semi-auto would be our chosen platform if we only can have one. Yep. Exactly. And I don't feel the accuracy is that far off. In, yep. in slow fire prone 308, as he described, mm-hmm. I'm going to probably, not even thinking about it, at least be three quarter to five eighths. Mm-hmm. If I go, like the Seekins are great, and I'm in there, I got a couple uppers and 260, the thing's half minute. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, and so. But then there's also that component in there, Frank, it's also. It's the person, right? Yeah, it, well, not only that, but we'll get to the person in a second. But uh, there's also the component of the barrel length yes. as well. Because a lot of times in my experience over the years, um, the shorter the barrel, the accurate, more accurate. The yeah, on the semis for sure, yeah. it happens. And, and so we saw take, that a ton. Yeah, so if you take that little short sixteen and then swap scopes off the bolt gun, I bet you, the, I bet you it's going to yes. fly. It's yes. going to fly big. And big. I see the same thing because 
One that bullets out a little bit quicker in the shorties. Yeah. And so the like the what Jacob was saying with the three recoils, it's the mass of that bolt in the larger calibers. The mouse guns, those guys barely feel it. They feel what they need to feel. Mm -hmm. And that's why they feel they have one recoil because they're five, five, six, their little mouse gun. I, they feel it once, but they absolutely know when it's reload versus malfunction. Malfunction. Yeah. Right. But when you go to that semi-auto, and and that was the the smoke and mirrors we saw because we were on the front line of when the knights showed up. Mm -hmm. How many cracked knights did we see? A lot. Right. Yep. We were on the front line of the units getting the one tens, mm -hmm. and. The trigger's not right. The trigger's not right. What's the matter? We're double tapping with the trigger because you're getting bit slapped by a 308 and you don't know how to shoot it because yep. you think you're going to go free recoil like your mouse gun, but the mass of that bolt carrier is bringing the rifle back into your finger. Pop, pop, yep. pop, pop. And they were they were calling malfunctions on that. They were saying, these guns got to go back. Why Geisley? Yeah. There was no reason for Geisley. There was zero. I mean, don't get me wrong. I get it. And I will tell you at SHOT Show, mm -hmm. Mark LaRue's booth was a tent and it was empty. Mm -hmm. In the corner where he used to be, mm -hmm. there was no one there. You could not walk past Geisley. It was 30 people deep yep. and 40 people wide. Yep. There was no reason for Geisley to exist. Yep. Great, they're good, everything's great, we dig them. There was nothing wrong with that trigger. It was a scam, and it was a it was an opening that they took advantage of. America, dude. Yes. Yeah. Right. And I'm yeah. not discounting. I'm just yeah. saying that hype that you all hear. They did nothing different. Yeah, that, it, and it, that was the thing. You know, when whenever you know they'd say, "Okay, hey, I'm I'm getting double taps on this. I'm getting double taps on this." Say, so, "Okay, this the, it, it it is because you're not being." Positive. positive on the trigger and like demanding that trigger do what you want it to do you're just you're basically failure to follow through is mm -hmm. basically what's going on and that that it was knocking the gun back into their hands so pop up you'd see it all the time and it's kind of like oh, my cool. shortcut for people today with the semi-auto i don't mm -hmm. see as much semi-auto you see a lot more because mm -hmm. of the government people but i see onesie twosie semi-autos that come in mm -hmm. my shortcut today is i shoot them backwards mm -hmm. it's from the reset forward is how i have them shoot it mm -hmm. instead of trigger back mm -hmm. i'm like your first round you're just holding it every round after the first round comes from the reset comes yep. from the backside. Yep. and if i s explain to people you're holding it to the rear unload reload reset fire unload to the rear unload reset as soon as you get that trigger reset you can fire mm -hmm. but you're resetting it and firing it from the back in my mind I find it's easier to hold it to the back mm -hmm. and then come forward when I need it. Right. So after that first round, it's just hold it to the back. When I need it, release it and come forward and just pop as fast as I need to or shoot it from that. Yeah. But I'm shooting a semi today essentially in reverse. Yeah. And all it is is just a, a terminology thing to get people's mind behind yeah, it. But a, just a training technique. Yeah, yeah, that's all. And, and, I, and it's because I'm doing so few yeah. and it's a shortcut for me. Yeah. We to, had several in the in the train up and it was just, it, once they once they figured that out, it's just like, uh-oh, now we're starting to hit shit. Yes. You know, it started to work out really good. But no, I like the question. I like the question. <laughs> but I, Well, because it's, it's blowing up a myth from the past. We don't, yeah. I mean, the, that you have to differentiate people. We know the buckets that they're in. 
That guy who's shooting quarter minute and who's chasing quarter minute is playing that little bit of fake bench rest game, and he's either always doing something and he's never doing this. Then you get the guys. I mean, the comp guns today are belly bench rest guns. Mm -hmm. They're hyper accurate, the best barrels, as heavy as they can get, and, and they're trying to steady it up. And again, they're looking for that bench rest accuracy. In my mind, on the comp side, it's it's that if I get that as small as possible, mm -hmm. it gives me more area to fuck up. Yeah, and yeah. so I'm hedging my bet. Yeah. to to chase that. Yeah, and it's always stop shooting towards the towards the edge of the target. Shoot towards the middle because something's gonna go wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, I got this one stage I gotta tell you about, man. I, that we're gonna be running this weekend in the brawl, and it's um I'm trying to get people to shoot more slung up. You know what I mean? Okay. So I have a target that is at. Uh, it's 372 yards, okay? It's one of those uh, quarter ipsics, you know, seven mm -hmm. and a half by 10, whatever the hell that is, you know? Yeah, yeah, 66 or something. Yeah, yeah something that's smaller than that. Oh, it's the, oh, so it's, seven and a half by 10, that's the 45%. Yeah, yeah little yeah. one, little one. And then at 320, I have a full size ipsic. So I've got a smaller target further away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Closer target is a full size ipsic. But here's the, here's the stage brief. You're shooting from an area where there's a table, okay? So if you opt to shoot from the table, you can do it, but you're gonna do it support side without a bag. Mm -hmm. Not a big deal. No. You know, pretty easy shot, but it's gonna be five rounds. Each time you hit that little target, you're gonna get half a point. But if you opt to go sling supported kneeling, you get to shoot the big target. Okay? Kneeling? Kneeling. Mm -hmm. It's closer, it's bigger, and each point, each time you hit, it's worth two points. I'm gonna. I didn't bring my sling on my tack ops, but yeah. I brought my tack ops. I'm okay. gonna shoot it. Okay. See, I've, I'm gonna shoot it kneeling without a sling. I've got plenty of slings here, bro. I know you do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we got. But no, it's like so. If you go five from mm -hmm. the from the support shoulder, just standing there on the table, you know, no mm -hmm. slung. I mean, you're you got something holding up. You're gonna. It's almost prone. Right. You know what I mean? But if you do that and you hit all five, you only get two and a half points. But then if you go sling supported, you know, only you hit all five, you get 10 points. Right. And so they're trying to get people to do that. And then of course, obviously I have, I have the one stage that's mandatory sling supported, you know, so yeah, that yeah. always happens. But this time I think it's going to, if I put some incentive in there, maybe we can get people to practice. It just made, made me think of that whenever you started talking about all the heavy guns. You know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, yeah. and that's the, that's the thing is where do you find that balance to me? Like where he's talking in his question those are practical rifles. Yeah, very. That's something you're going to move with, carry with, and all that. In and where, out of vehicles and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, in, in the, the, the comp guns, guys are doing more and more with them. And there's a manipulation factor. Like, you can always yank weights out, right. change it and that, yeah. and, and get it to work. But, um, again, it's the carry factor. Are you going to yeah. carry it? Yeah. Well, you know the thing about it, Frank, the, the whole, whole deal. You know, we were doing competitions down here before you showed up. And then you showed up, and we were doing two of them a year. And, you know, for the longest time and, um, you know, you get, think about how that was, you know, you go out there, you're going to go, you got a backpack and you got a rifle slung and there it is. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And now at the matches, I mean, I, we got golf carts, we got right. side by sides, we have these little, you know, things to carry in. I think it's just because of the heavy damn gun. You know what I well, mean? Well, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, somebody, it, it, we just had that question come up not too long ago about things to do to save your second day. Mm -hmm. That question just came up where people are like the, the, the recoil with the suppressors mm -hmm. or the brakes rather, the pounding of the brakes create ooh, ooh, a problem. By the way, you said, you said the suppressor word. Um, there was one ordered in your state 
and approved in 30 days 30 days i saw that dude yeah. i wanted to i said i walked into mile high yeah i said what do you got back there and i didn't do it but i said to the guys i said what's back there in stock just do it for me right now yeah get them all get me one because <laughs> i i ordered at chat show the thunder beast with the brakes yeah uh the the recoil reducing thunder beast they're mm -hmm. amazing and um but they weren't ready yet. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, just go back there and get me one. I want to put it in the queue. Yeah. You just because, yeah, 30, 30 days, days, two of them. 30 days. The dude was from here. Well, actually. Chris, no, Chris had his approved in 30 days. Yeah. Well, okay. So that makes two that we two. know of. Because the guy, he came down here to a class earlier this year. Yeah. I mean, in January. And he's actually lives just north of you. Mm -hmm. And so he went back and he, he went and he, of course, he shot. He shot an ATX here, you know, and so he says, I have to have one. So mm -hmm. I said, go home and, and get, get one. one right, right. Where it is. So he goes in and then he goes in and he orders, I think he ordered five or six. Oh, I thought you were talking about Way, because Way ordered mm -hmm. two no. and his cleared in 30 days yeah, as well. Yeah, this guy ordered five or six. He'll be here this weekend. Okay. We'll ask him. But uh, he ordered five or six of them in 30 days. Nice. 30 days done. Yeah. Very, very cool, man. That's very amazing. Cool. That's that's getting good. If it happens, it stays that way. Like I said, I'm going to pop one in the queue just to see yeah, what it just does. Just to have it. Yeah. Yeah, just to have it. Well, man, that's this is uh this is this is really good. I I need to. I wanted to get you in here. I wanted to see if we could do a a pre-show and a and a post-show. Post -show. Yeah. So I figured we'll just kind of limit this one in. I just wanted to let everybody know that you know how appreciative we are of all the sponsors and and all the people that are showing up down here to uh, go swimming on on rifles only. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't, it's not swimmy out, but yeah, it's it's, it's overcast and a yeah, little but, drizzly. Yeah, and I I appreciate you coming down, and I appreciate you taking the half hour to just sit here and we can BS a little bit. And I wanted to get to that question because I know we always get real. Yeah, good back and forth on that. So, yeah, yeah, man, for at sure. At any rate, that that's uh, that's it for now, man. We'll do this. We'll, why don't we do this like immediately? We'll take uh, 20, 30 minutes immediately after the award ceremony, and we'll come in and we'll we'll hot wash the whole fucking match. And then sounds good. All yeah. right, brother. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Rifles Only Accuracy Podcast. Uh, this is the first podcast post uh, Mile High Brawl. And again, uh, if you have any questions for this podcast, ROAP at riflesonly.com. Want to just go through the sponsor list from the brawl real quick Mile High Shooting Accessories, Manners Composite Stocks, Hornady, Defiance, Magpul, Bartland, Springfield, XLR, G9 Defense. Uh, Vectronics, DST Precision, Sierra Bullets, Reading Reloading, Wilder Tactical, BNT Industries, Magneto Speed, Kestrel, Technical Works, Leopold, Webad, Short Action Precision, Fix-It Sticks, Two Vets Tripods, Thunder Beast Arm Corporation, Black, Black Rifle Coffee Company, JC Steel, Primary Arms, MDT, Proof Research, Armageddon Gear, Area 419, Six Sour, Accuracy International North America, Foundation Stocks, Vortex Optics, Capstone, Capstone Precision Group, Impact Data Books, Redbeard Gunworks, AccuTech, and Target Hanging Solutions. So I think Lisa just put a big list of those up on the internet on the, the Rifles Only Facebook page. So if that, if you don't didn't write all those down as fast as I was going, you can go there and check it out. Uh, if you need anything, you can you can set up pretty much everything you need there from uh, rifles to ranges to whatever you need done. Uh, big, big, huge, huge shout out to the range officers that were here. Robert Graham, Brian, Chucky, Chad, David, Zach, Lindy, Carl, uh, Ryan, Hay, Avery, Nathan. Uh, let's see where we're over here. Uh, Gunny, Welder, 
uh, Laura, Troy Clayton, and of course, Lindy and John Lynn, but those guys kept everything running really good on the brawl. It worked out real good. The RO staff did good, had great food, great weekend. The weather wasn't as bad as we had predicted it to be, but it is, uh, it got hot in South Texas again. And before we did the brawl, I was fortunate because Frank Galley came down to hang out with us for the weekend. And we really appreciated that. And so I, we had talked about doing a pre-ball, pre-brawl uh, podcast, and now we're doing a post-brawl podcast. And Frank is back with me. Say hello, Frank. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Well, cool, man. How was your trip? It was excellent. We went and drove back and stopped in Roswell and got me some T-shirts, checked out some alien stuff, saw if there was anything new. They moved a few things, but nothing really new. Um, other than yeah. some electronic stuff. But um, cool thing I want to kind of do a little quick shout out. So we stopped before I hit Roswell in Lubbock. We left Rifles Only, um, drove towards home, and then ended up stopping in Lubbock. We mm-hmm. went to a steakhouse that was off the beaten path in like a country club type area. Off mm-hmm. the, and oh my God, we had Japanese Wagyu. They had the certificates as soon as you walked in the door to say real Japanese and not Americanized. It was fantastic. That's one of the best things about like being on the road is if like you can stop and find these little nuggets, man, this place was such an awesome steakhouse. So Laura had got the Wagyu, the, uh, uh, of a New York strip. It's about $120 Mm -hmm. dude. It was 12 ounces. Oh, man, that's a lot for Wagyu. Yes, right? It was amazing. Wow. So, yeah, that was a cool What's trip. What's the name of the restaurant, Frank? La Breas, uh, B-R-I-C-A-S. It's a, like a Spanish thing. You probably know what it means. B-R-I-C-A-S. La Brisas. All right, cool. But it, it was yeah, so La cool. La Brigas. And it was excellent. Um, n- yeah. Real nice job. Go back and listen to that one podcast that I did with Chase Stroud because he gets he's talking about that Wagyu stuff. And we I think we spent the first fifteen minutes of the podcast talking about steaks rather than shooting, mm-hmm. and you know we went to into a lot of really long range stuff. But we were talking about that, and his you know he, he has a brother that does that with you know real high percentage of Wagyu, and like if you go to the grocery store and get it, apparently it only has to be like ten percent Wagyu. But there's nothing, there's nothing like the stuff from Japan. And yeah, and, like and they I had mean, it, certs incredible. on the wall, and there's like a whole yeah. thing for that. But yeah, they were certed out to say, and and Laura does her uh, meat rare, and right. this thing just melted in your mouth when you grabbed it. You know what I mean? So it's, we call it beef beef flavored butter. Yes, and that's exactly what it was. It it, it was literally yeah. that. And then she she didn't eat it all, and we took some home. And she had the rest of it and, and, you know, just cold and all that. And she was like, for two days, she's like, I want more of it. I want more of it. I want more of it. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you, that's and that's the thing. A 12, a 12 ounces of that is is really too much for one sitting. I think she was smart. It, right. It was. And that's what she said. She said it was way too rich. So she had like half yeah. of it. And and then yeah. she saved it and we went back. But, yeah, that was what she was saying. It was like it was so good. And so rich, you didn't want to flood yourself with it in one sitting. No, no, you can't. You can't. We, we've had some of that before. And it's just like, and even like, uh, you know, speaking with Chase about it, you know, like what, really, you haven't had a steak until you've had a good Japanese A5 Wagyu. Well, and real quick, just to talk about rifles only and the brawl and the whole thing, like you're saying. So you had your rock solid crew 
uh, Raul Graham, the Docs, everybody, you know, Brian, Chucky, everybody's staying there, Ryan Hay. And and there's this, so Marco Gonzalez from GDI calls me today, and, and he knew I was down with you because he tried to call me when we were down there. And he's like, hey, mm-hmm. how's everybody doing? What's going on? I said, Marco, it's like the same guys you and I made apple pies for. I said, they're still there, except now they're bringing their kids. And I was telling Marco about the kids there and the kids whacking pigs and then them cooking it at night. And here, like, is a rifles-only experience between the pig, the deer, the steak. There was other – what other meat did you guys have there? There was pig, deer, steak. All kinds of – yeah, all kinds of fish. We had uh, several different kinds. We We had mahi snapper, trout, redfish. Uh, yeah, it was it was incredible. That that was just on the on the Pescadora side of it. You know what I mean? Right, but that's a rifles only thing. Is that you guys are it a is. destination? You know what I mean? So here you go down to this destination. We're we're sitting around, and, and yeah, the weather was in and out. You know what I mean? There was some rain. Yeah. It was windy and a little chilly for South Texas, but the rain would stop, and it was fine. You just yeah. dealt with the cold. But here's the core group of people out at the bunkhouse sitting underneath the decking and there's food being made like until we left and 11 o'clock at night yep. when we left that night, um, they were yep. still cooking. Yep. And, and yeah, <laughs> know, you insane. know what I mean? You're just grabbing food and that's, that's the experience. And that's the thing that made rifles only the snipers hide matches there the reputation they have to this day and that people don't realize what they miss out when they click off and run away. You know what I mean? It's like, Hey, you showed up to the match. You came with a couple, four buddies, but as soon as it's over, you're like, fuck everybody who's not us. And you ran out to Chili's and it's like, there's an experience happening right there. And even, you know, in Laura's history of, you know, the Gap people and the K and M's and and being East Coast PRS, that's what they did too. And yeah, there's an it crowd and an out crowd and a what crowd, but she was part of that it crowd. But they tailgated and barbecued all night, mm-hmm. and that's where you find these experiences or these things coming out from people who have a different match experience than the next guy. It's the person who travels. It's the person who takes advantage of who's there, who's hanging around. I mean, I think it's funny and a joke and all that, but you get the people that come up to me who take a picture. It's like, oh, Frank's here. And and, and mm-hmm. we know the deal. But then, like, they put it online, and I see um, Tino Rodriguez, and he goes, man, meeting Frank is like meeting a beetle. Well, there's a million beetles in this industry that are running around, but they're usually hanging out. And if you want to mm-hmm. meet them, go where they are and hang out. And don't just look at them from afar and be like, okay, I went to the match he's at, but I never walked up to him and talked to him. I appreciate yeah. the guys who come up to me and say, hey, I see, I listen to the podcast. I see your videos. I want to say thanks or just shake your hand. Cool, dude. I'm happy to talk to anybody as all of us are. But that's right. part exactly. of the thing is you're going to go there and meet people you admire and maybe you're going to pick up something from them. You're going to meet them and maybe you find out what kind of person they are different than what you saw on the internet. Or, or maybe you're going to ask them a question that's not related to shooting or how you did this, but it's there for the taking. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's always been kind of that thing, you know, here with the, with the matches, you know, then, and, uh, we, we see, we see less and less people hanging out. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, used to be everybody would hang out, but you know, that was back, that was back pre PRS stay, uh, days. You remember that? And, um, you know, people would just stay and now it's kind of like they run away and it's like, ah, I don't have to do that. And we had, we had quite a few people stay at this match too, but they were cold and wet and wanted to change clothes and all that kind of crap too. Absolutely. I mean, there was, there was a, a bunch of people where the weather did have a, an effect, but you know, who's coming around to have that couple, three beers before they hit the road. They're having that, you know, they're socializing before they go and, and maybe right. they are going to go change and do something and then get ready, then come have one beer or, or drink. If they don't drink, whatever, they're going to come have a beer with you and then hit the road. But they're still going to shake everybody's hand and say goodbye. I mean, that's that's a key element of, I think, the difference yep. between a you and I and maybe somebody else who goes, why them and not me? Well, mm-hmm. I made sure when I left, I walked up to every person and said, thanks and see you later. Goodbye. I mean, we mm-hmm. don't have to be super friendly. There was a bunch of your friends there that I didn't really know. Um, some of those guys that were there, the husband and wife, and, and even Charlie mm-hmm. Kirksey's girl. I don't know her well. But right. you're still going up. Nice meeting you. Bye, we're hitting the road. Nice meeting you. Bye. We're, and, and it's hitting those marks, I think, matter. I do, too. I really think it matters. It matters. And yeah, man, uh, it was kind of interesting because, you know, David Weiss won this thing last year and uh, we were you know expecting him to come back and do it. This time he came back and he ROed. He said, I, I wanted to do that. I, I finally won at Rifles Only, so I'm going to RO. I thought that was really cool of him. Absolutely. And, and, and those are those yeah. guys. I mean, and, and there's a certain core element where you see that one minute they're shooting, the next minute they're ROing. Those people are yeah. out there and exist. You know, and, yep. and honestly, if the weather was better and, and I was feeling it a little different, I probably would have jumped in and shot a bunch of stuff. But it's like, ah, the weather was crappy and I was having more fun taking pictures and, and getting yeah. in and I can see what's going on. And honestly, the, the weather made for great pictures. Yeah, it did. It see, really did. Right. So I was taking advantage yeah. of that. So I'm like, man, I got a beautiful soft box. I got everybody getting that nice contrasty look and that little bit of wet and that little bit of deep black. So I, t- I took pictures. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Hey, man, what'd you think about that price table? That price table was amazing. I, you know what? Easily. You could have went through twice. Now, again, weather has a little bearing. Somebody sees the weather on paper and they go, listen, I'm not going to drive down the rifles only for two days of rain and wind. So I'm going to stay home. What that meant was everybody who showed up got two runs at least on in. There was no garbage on that prize table. You you know what the worst thing was? The worst thing was you were giving away the coffee. But that's not even a thing. And I you were, it, the coffee. Right, but you gave everybody coffee. You know what I mean? But that was part yep. of your prize table. And it was like, man, what do right. I have the most of? What's the what's the most repetitive thing on this table? Well, it's black rifle coffee. And so yep. now everybody makes sure you take three bags of coffee each. But there was amazing stuff on that prize table. I mean, your sponsors are are just they're not giving garbage. No. No, it's not the leftover crap that no that no one's buying. Exactly, that was rock yeah. solid stuff. I mean, you a, a a guy could probably, if he was thirtieth place, I bet you yep. he could have built a barreled action and almost finished a rifle from that prize table. 
Oh, I think that I, I think they could have finished one, yeah. e- even at thirtieth. I, I really do. I, there, there was just everything there, and you know the thing about it is that the sponsors throughout the years have been extremely good with rifles only, and you know, it, you know, we we send business their way and everything else, and you know, we we recommend their products, we use their products. They're, that's not that's not in question at all. But you remember you were here when uh, when uh, I did I did the top ten, and then I let twenty four range officers run the table. And you remember that? Well, I wasn't there, but that's what started the Jersey letter and you called me after, but absolutely. And I heard people calling me because they knew I was winding up as well. Even people like Gardner called me when I dropped the letter because he Mm -hmm. saw it happening in real time and Mm -hmm. he was in the crowd. Well, the thing about it was, is I, I did, I did one through 10 and then I 20 something range officers ran the table. And then I started off at 11. And then whenever I got to 41, do you know what that guy pulled off the table? Yeah, wasn't it like a full... Of a thunder, right. Thunder Beast, thunder Beast suppressor, 100% off. And so it was like, you know, it, it doesn't matter where you place, you know what I mean? The, the, the sponsors come through in such a fashion that I, I, I'm, I'm humbled, man. I'm, I'm humbled. Well, I'm it, humbled. It, it, it's that match, you easily brought home... I'm talking probably 50th or 70th place. You had like 75, maybe 70th place. 70th place had to bring home twice as much as their entry fee. Oh, yeah, for sure. Easily. Easily they had to bring. And and, and I would probably say there's a few people in there that did three times their entry fee at a a plus plus 40. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. I guarantee yeah, there's a great man. Yeah. In in your prize tables and, and nobody gets that. I mean, I don't do the prizes like that because I'm not gonna beg no more for people who I feel don't appreciate it. And I'm out of the comp stuff mm-hmm. from that side. But in the end, I didn't want to beg for things because dude, grabbing prizes like you have an established track record from back in the day. Everybody knows what's gonna happen, and I want to talk about the rifles too in a minute. But you have an okay. established track record. You know what I mean? So people know mm-hmm. Rifles Only is having the match. You, I guarantee Lisa makes four to six phone calls per sponsor to get that prize in her hand. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just to remind them, it's not ugly. It's not bad. It's just yep. we live our lives. We have other things going on. The last thing a company's yep. worried about is Jacob's match. Right. So, hey. We're asking you for a prize. Okay, we'll get it to you. Hey, we're getting close. We're going to want a prize. Okay, we'll get it to you. Hey, now we're here. We need that prize. Okay, we'll get it to you. Hey, here's my shipping address to make sure you're sending me the prize. Yep, we sent it out today. Thank you for sending me the prize. Thank you for the match. How many phone calls is that? That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. But on the on the other side of that, too, you know, what we do is we always uh, make an email available to every competitor. And it has the it has the contact information for that company, and we tell them you know send out a thank you note. And we started we started hearing uh, last week you know we started hearing from some of these companies saying hey I don't know what you did but there's a lot of people that are saying thank you. One one company said they received more thank yous in the time since the match, and we, the match was the match was it ended it ended six days ago. Okay, and this was an email that Lisa read to me uh, not last night but the night before last. And they said, we have received more thank yous from the people that were at your match than we will receive the rest of the year from all matches combined. Absolutely. And that was, and it's kind of like, you know, 
I don't know, being unaffiliated, you know, the, it's like the people that, are, you know, really have a love for the sport and, you know, a love for shooting and, and doing, you know, some, you know, unique stages. That's who we're getting. You know what I mean? We're getting a lot of new people. How many new people did you see? Here? How many youth did you see? here? You know what I mean? Right. We, we were, it was stacked. It was stacked. And so it was, it was really. Well, you had everybody. Really dude. good. The, the kids, What's women, that, you had everyone. You had kids, you had women, yeah. you had seniors, you had every. I mean, going back to Bill Fowler's there still. Yep. Right. Yep. Bill. Yep. Why is exactly. Bill Fowler still there? Because he loves it. He loves what he sees at rifles only. This is his golf outing, and Bill Fowler's going to be there till he can't be there anymore. And yep. that guy's a hundred years old. And you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And but no, he's. I'm making a joke. He's a great dude. But then you have the the Aiden and the young kids. What were they like? Twelve, eight, something in there. Thirteen. 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 So now you got yep. Bill to Aiden. You know, right. A to B, Bill, A, Aiden yeah. to B, Bill, you know, A to B, <laughs> yeah. and you're talking this gamut of people, you know, and, and, and it's just insane that in the unaffiliated really, really matters because you're not getting the guidance from the, the, the series. You know what I mean? They're not explaining mm -hmm. to people what matters because they don't know what matters. Mm -hmm. To them, all that matters is they can say they had a number and they did a, and they made X amount of money. That's all they care about. Right. Hey, I did 10 matches and we did this and we made this much money. That's all they care about. If they cared about other things, they'd have better retention. They'd have better sponsorship stuff. And, you know, not a picture of the box. Here's Bob with the box. Right. You know, right. it, like you said, you're going to your competitors and saying, do me a favor, say thank you. Mm -hmm. Right? How hard yep. is that? It's not. It's not. And they and they come through, man. They come through. They really go. They go out there and they spend the time, you know, sending out these thank you notes. And it's it's important. It's well, real important. They need to know how much they're appreciated. I mean, even your safety brief is unchanged. You know what I mean? Not and, and you're you're known for that. But I'm saying, like, you go now, and it's like they they you go to a match and people go. You all know what's going on. The guy next to you hasn't done it before. Watch the guy next to you. Everybody's an adult. Be safe. Bye. <laughs> okay. I Meanwhile, know. you get flagged 700 times in a normal match. Did like, you get flagged this weekend? No. It, it didn't get flagged this weekend. And you know what? I saw people throw a hissy fit because a guy moved from one wall four feet to the other with the mag in. Hey, 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 you yep. know that's not how that goes. You're not going to do, you're going to, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Dude, he moved four feet with a mag in. That's not a, yep. that, but that's a rifles only rule. And as yep, many times is. have I explained it to people, because we were there day one, there's more to it than just safety. There's a training oh, aspect God, yes. to it. We saw well, rifles only is a training facility. Right. You know what I mean? That and so you, all of our all of our stages, all of our events, they're going to have some sort of training component to them. Because you know what, you're going to do 800 practices on mag reloads with your handgun. You're going to do 1,200 yep. mag reload practices with your AR-15. You're going to sit there running mags, workspacing it, flicking it like mag pull. I even do that with Kiana, man. It's like, Kiana, want to be cool? When you push that button, flick the fucking grip over to the side and throw the mag away. You're going to do that. <laughs> but you know what? You're never going to practice changing a mag in your bolt gun. Uh, they, they do here now. You can sure see the smooth ones. You know right, I mean? right. I, dude, if you yeah. go on YouTube, 
I have a failure drill, an emergency, like a, like a malfunction drill with a bolt gun in a magazine on a YouTube video because you foul mags mm -hmm. all the time. Pop them in too hard because yep. you're under time. The rounds pop up, yep. double feed, this, that, yep. whatever. Little bitty yep, bullets exactly. that don't sit in the mag right. The little dashers and that are like, you know, spacer yeah. system. It's like they foul. Yeah, they do. But whatever. Hey, man, I saw something come up. I saw okay, something yeah, come up uh, on the internet. It, it was about a. Uh, it was about match costs. Yes, what's, I saw what's that. What's going on with those? I haven't. I haven't. I haven't been to any other matches. What What are they doing out there, Frank? They're They're doing what we did, but back then, and they're not giving anything in return. Remember when I kept jacking the prices up, and we were like, "Hey, man, the match is going to sell out in a minute. We got a list that's full mm -hmm. already." And you and, and you told me, "Hey, we got a hundred people, and we didn't even turn this on yet." Okay, make it two hundred and fifty dollars. Yep. Make it two hundred and fifty. Yep. Then we went, hey man, we're gonna sell out in three minutes and we have a hundred and fifty people. Make it three hundred. Mm -hmm. We did that, me and you. And yeah. we did but it because we knew we were gonna give you a fuck all hell of a show, including a helicopter. Mm -hmm. Right. You were going to yep. get prizes like you had a prize table where you're going to go twice around it. Yeah. You're going to get fed if you want to sit down and eat. And you're going to get kick ass shirts. Yeah, for sure. You know what? You don't, don't get what any of that no go more. Ahead. And they want the same price. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. They were talking about it. This is like really going up by the time. And I think someone had, uh, Laura had put on there that the, the average life in the PRS is about three years yep. because of the cost, the cost and, and what you're, what you're getting back out of it. So that's, I thought that was pretty, they, pretty interesting thing to, to observe. They don't understand that when we were coming up and we were building this and there was, you know, four matches a year, six matches a year, two of them were ours, that yep. we were able to command a certain thing. Once, mm -hmm. because like I said, it was a destination. Once right. everybody got established and now a series came in, now they should have sat back and went, hmm, things are slightly different now. We have collective groups. We have built-in audiences. We don't need to do this. We should say everybody's going to give a T-shirt. Everybody's going to do a lunch or something and we should standardize what this looks like. And oh, by the way, because we want to grow the sport like a bunch of pricks they are, we want to grow the sport. You know, we're going to take the price from $300 for a two day and we're going to make it $200 just because it should make it a little bit more rounded. And we're, and we're not having two matches a year. We're having 20 matches a year. You know, mm -hmm. and, and they don't do that. They don't think they don't have a brain. They just say, give me more, give me more, give me more. And people say there's no more to give. And then they start dropping off and they wonder why. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But then. Well, you, cool, man. Well, <laughs> did you uh, did you hear anything uh, concerning the, the stages themselves from anybody? No, I thought and I went through and Chris asked me, you know, away and, mm -hmm. and I went through and I looked at him as. One, considering the conditions, we had we had some weird wind. It was tricky. It was typical rifles only where it was blowing in your face like crazy. And then when you got on the plate, it's like, hold less. Um, yeah. You know, the <laughs> angles were all weird. And, and, and But the, the, to me, the stages were straightforward, no nonsense, not trying to trick anybody. But the thing was, dude, you had slung up stages. 
You know, yeah, straight forward, right? Just go straight forward, sling your rifle up and shoot it. And, yep. and, you know, you had those little bit of movements that were going on, little scrambles that were here. Then you mixed in your props with your mover. You, you hit yep. every element without trying to be a circus act. Yeah. Yeah. And it's safer yeah, well, that the, way. With the two mover stages, well, two, two, two paper stages that were inside, inside a hundred yards. And that was, that's a, that's a, and alternate positions, both of them. And that's a nod to law enforcement. You know what I mean? And then because their shots are short mm-hmm. and then on the mover, yeah, you get, you get your prone one, but you're also going to do one alternate. You know what I mean? You're going to have an alternate position mover as well. So that gets you off your belly as well as it should be. And then the two stages that we did, you know, for the, for the law enforcement the inside a hundred, those were alternate positions too. Those guys never go prone. I mean, it's just, it just doesn't happen. And then, uh, you know, obviously our helicopters and then, you know, making decisions on, on, uh, the KYL racket 500 or just going out to a thousand. We shot for a good time. And that was, that was really good. <laughs> that you know, everybody up. People were talking about that one. What did you, I got a two, I got a, but that one scares people. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did it last year and what happened, there was a, there was a guy who cleaned it. And it only took he he didn't clean it with the fourteen points he cleaned it with thirteen because one one round one target he had to go for his second shot follow up for half the score. Got it. And so that was that was uh, that was pretty interesting. But you know, it, it, again, again, the, you know, I mean, I plan what events are going to happen, what day, and everything else. And you you know, as on Friday, the wind was you know it was it was manageable, right. you know. But then on Sunday, whenever that front came through, man, it was just it was insane. Well, but even talk about your your gamble there, where you're half a point versus full point, with positional. You can do a supported, and everybody yeah, he, took the positional. Um, yeah, and, they and did. That's what you want to force people to do. Well, I mean, they could they could do whatever they wanted, you know. But what what I had is I had one target that was smaller. And it was at 370 and another target that was a full size Ipsic, it was at 320. So you could shoot off the table, you know, supported with your bipod, no rear bag, but you had to do it, you know, support side. And it was, it was five shots at the small target at 370, but you know, you're completely, you're completely stable or you could opt to just go slung kneeling for a larger target at a close distance. And if you went for, if you went for the completely supported off the table, each hit was worth half a point. But if you decided to sling up, and do that one, it was worth two points per hit. So it was kind of encouraging people to, to <laughs> sling up the slings. They're, they're, they're for more than just carrying your rifle, you know? And it's kind of like, if you don't, if that's the, if that's your, yeah, I get it. Sling, sling supported for filled rifle is, you know, in case of emergency break glass, but you better know how to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's why we wanted to do it. And then also we had the one that was, it was inside a hundred and that one was mandatory sling up. And we use that one also for a shoot off. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. And I watched that a bunch over there with um, Graham's stage and, and stuff. So I got a bunch of pictures, yeah. everybody slung and, and yeah, it was, it, yeah. it was just a great straightforward, not looking to upset the apple cart. A lot of people are in their heads about the conditions. And so you're, you're not trying to really mess with them. It's like, Hey man, just take a straightforward shot and you just use your, you know, sitting, kneeling, standing or prone. And, and that's right. really what it came down to. Yeah. And I like the, I like the culvert one too. You know, you got the support side shooting and then, you know, strong side shooting, but you're, you're alternating <laughs> your distances between the two targets. I got a picture of Carl on the alternate, on the support side 
with, with his hand over his eyeball. I was cracking up. I was, <laughs> I was like, what is he doing? And I took his picture and I looked at it. I went, oh shit, he's got his hand over his eye to block out the fucking information. I was laughing. I'm like, oh man, that guy's shooting one-handed with his other hand over his eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I always tell people if you have if you got that eye dominance problem, go and get an eye patch and solve yeah. it. You know, he's like, "Hey, Carl, yeah. what are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's he's the only one that can rest his muzzle on his foot. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but that was funny. Um, but, and then uh, no, like I said, everybody was straightforward. Everybody was in good spirits with it. They had a battle clothes yeah. they weren't normally wearing for South Texas. It was chilly. The wind wasn't yeah. heavy. Like you got damp. You didn't get wet. And, right. And so, but you're still conditions. And everybody yeah. who handled these conditions did it really well. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's touch on let's touch on the rifles, right? Okay. Um. Yeah. You gave away. That's what I want to talk about. Um. You yep. you had some rifles to give away, and you do this different than other people. You you okay. you you pick. You're like, hey man, this guy's getting the rifle. You're not like, hey, we got a rifle from Mile High, and it's gonna go to first place. Who's gonna then sell it? Because he's not sponsored by AI, and he needs that right. six grand for himself. Because his sponsor didn't give him enough money to do 18 matches this year, but that's what he shot. So he's got to sell right. everything. But anyway, you picked the right people, like the sailor, man. Just even talk about that mm -hmm. element. Well, we had two, and, and Mile, High, Mile High stepped up. And it was, it's, it's, it's really cool because, you know, Mile High has always given away a rifle. And it's always very, very generous. You know, every year, like clockwork, these guys have always supported us. You know, we had them on the podcast as well. And they, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan. I know you are too. And, um, you know, the, the thing about it is, is they'd given away a rifle and, you know, it was just, okay, here's the rifle. That's it. It's extremely generous. But then Lisa sent them a letter, you know, and to the sponsors and everything else saying we're going to be unaffiliated. This is our first time last year. This is our second unaffiliated and mile high i mean they stepped up i mean they put they put the new zeiss remember that zeiss had just mm -hmm. come out at the time so they put that with spur mount on top of the rifle so now you you have you have a gun that's essentially ready to go set the bipod on that sucker and go to work and they did two of them whenever they they wanted to they found out we were unaffiliated so this year they did exactly the same thing now, i have direction from mile high and it very smart on their part but my direction is hey you we're going to do this but you're you have to make sure that this rifle does not go to first place and i said okay no problem we can do that so with two of them one of them what we did was we took the scores from the barricade mover and we took the high scores and there were there were several people who got 11 hits on that uh several people that got eight hits and several people that got uh seven hits well that's positions one two and three because they all scored the same well, those guys were out. Okay, they're, they're not going to be eligible. But the first tie that we have past third, uh, it ended up being six people. And what they're going to do is they're going to shoot it out for that rifle. And so they did. And they did it on on that same stage that that uh, Raul was doing. It's uh, you know about 75 yards slung up you know, on that two-and-a-half-inch target or a two-inch target. And then the other one was, okay, I'm going to go and figure out who's got the worst gear who's got uh who had to borrow stuff anything else and then you know the thing about it is is we picked up that one guy he's you know um <laughs> navy enlisted you know what i mean he's uh uh <laughs> you know how that is frank you were mm -hmm. marine they don't they don't pay you a whole lot anything else 
100% of the, I mean, he, he shot, he shot pistol before, you know, in pistol competitions and things like that, but he really wanted to get into the precision rifle game. He heard about the match here, you know, you sign up, man. So, you know, best way to do it is go sign up. But he had to borrow every single piece of gear that he had. And so he was here with his father. And so uh, he got to go home with, um, yeah, <laughs> you don't have to borrow gear. And anymore. I talked to him earlier. <laughs> it's funny because he had that Subaru BRA or whatever that they call him, the little race car yeah. one Subaru thing. And I'm like, yeah. oh, dude, badass car and all that. And I asked him, I said, hey, how many times do you get, you know, do Honda Civics want to race you? And he starts laughing because every Honda Civic wants to race, like me in the Porsche, every Honda <laughs> Civic wants to race yes. you. And there's a million of yeah, them. Yeah, they do. So we were, him and I had yeah. talked earlier in the day about that and laughing. And then I didn't realize he was active duty Navy, though I should have. He was wearing the jacket. And, um, right. you know, so, but then when you gave him the prize, it was like, oh, badass. I was talking to that guy. And, 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 yeah. and so it, that kind of stuff it goes where it's supposed to go. Yeah. And we did the, we did the same thing last year. We had a, we had a shoot off for the extra rifle. And then the kid who got the rifle last year, because he didn't have anything, he was here this year shooting it with that rifle. There you go. You know, and I, last the, the Oki still, especially that fucking overall guy. Um, who's the old guy in the overalls. That's the Oki Reeves, right? Yeah. He's yeah. still to like days on in February in on Facebook rather not February in Facebook he would still break my balls to this day for giving away rifles like I had seven rifles at uh, the Douglas match like the first mm -hmm. year I think after our, I was gone with you guys and did a match with uh, CD mm -hmm. and Colin Fossen won a six five because he was the first place three oh eight at fiftieth place or fifty six. And mm -hmm. he still would post to kind of go after me. How dare I gave a rifle to 56th place? That guy is a rock star. <laughs> That's where they star. need to go, man. Right. That guy is a That's rock where they star need to go. today. If you, go, if you come <laughs> yeah. to Wyoming, the matches are run by Colin Fossen. You know what I mean? He mm -hmm. still shoots the rifle I gave him. It's, it's yeah. That guy is like the ultimate competitor because we yep. upgraded his rifle and made his day when he was young. He's just building a house with his wife. He's not old. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. it, this yeah. goes back in time 10 years. And these guys yep. don't Absolutely get it. They, I, I hate Okies, man. I'm sorry if you're an Okie. But I, it's just, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, it's just Okies. There's a lot of good ones. No, there's, I'm sure there are. But Okies and me just don't get along. We never have. <laughs> it's Connecticut versus Oklahoma. I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a Yankee thing. It I is guess, a total right? Yankee thing. Well, I, I get it. They didn't they didn't have a single they didn't have a single county where Obama won. So I got to give them that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong, man. Okies are like pirates and brigands, just like the D the DOA guy would say. Remember the dude who wanted to uh, fight the orangutan? Yeah, yeah, he, I remember that. He, he would that always was, talk about yeah. Oklahoma and say they were pirates and brigands. Pirates and brigands. Uh, wear it with pride. Yeah, yeah. Wear it with pride, you guys. But yeah, yeah. The guy wanted wear to fight the pride. orangutan. Yeah, I told him that was a bad idea. It's a very bad <laughs> idea. I think a kangaroo is not a great idea, yeah. but you're better off fighting yes. a kangaroo. But an yeah, orangutan. Well, you see that one that one guy who hit the kangaroo in the head because he was messing with his dog. Yes. That, that video that came up like several years ago. Yes. That. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go with you're, you're taking a big chance there, buddy, but I get it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but an, uh, no way I would ever fight an orangutan. No ape. No. But an orangutan no. No. for sure, because I think, like, if those guys would go on off on you, you're done. 
Oh, dude, they'll just go and rip you in half. Yeah, like, without well, even trying. Like, we already they'll know, step on like, your toes and pull your head off. Uh, we already know, like, a chimpanzee can do it. And oh, yeah, an orangutan is twice as big as a chimp. Yep, yep, exactly, yeah, exactly. Ain't, ain't fighting any of them. Uh, cool deal, man. Well, I'm, Our, I'm whipped. Yeah, I, yeah. I had, the, I had the train up, I had the match, and then I rolled right into teaching a class this week. It, it's Friday now. It, it's uh, This is... The brawl started a week ago today, so um, you, you kind of figure out when the, I'm going to try to get this. I'm going to try to get this podcast up today. If not, I'll get it up first thing in the morning. Uh, coming up on there, and did did we talk? Did we talk? On, did we talk about the uh, about the uh, Periscope thing, man? What? Mm-mm. What? Did we, we didn't talk about Periscope. the Oh, the Charlie <laughs> no, Tarek. The you want to talk the taco unit yeah. real quick? Okay. Yeah, but we we talked about that before, right? We need to talk about it on here because I, I had a, a guy call in and. Uh, or he sent an email in. To yeah, ROAP you can ask it real quick if you want to ask a question. I won't yeah. get lengthy with yeah, it. Yeah, let me bring this one up real quick. That way I can get exactly Yeah, what Jacob had mentioned I, he like he's said, talking to Charlie Tarek. I call the taco unit. If yeah. you ever heard me, it's John yeah. Baker's. John Baker from yeah. um, what, TACCOM. And, and yeah, so anyway, he says, as I more seriously pursue 22 long-range ELR, keep hearing about Charlie Tarek periscope systems. What are your thoughts on them and have you used them? I do not see any other viable options to reach out and touch something. Well, I reached out to Chase Stroud and cause he's, he's the ELR guy. I've got a question about the ELR. I call him <laughs> anyway. I, and he, he uses them ex- ex- exclusively. I mean, he uses them all the time. There are several different units. You can find them up on the internet. Um, and, and I went to the website and checked it out too, but he also sent a video of him and he was, he was trying to hit a paint can, at, with a 22 at over 700 yards and he finally hit it on the 16th round and he kept a running total and all, all the different gear on there that he's using but he says it's rock solid and it, it holds up very good to the recoil from his really big guns yeah. you know and so he says with the 22 they're, is is no problem at all they're yeah. very good i've used them i know john he does a great yeah. job now there's two kinds there's the one that magnets to the scope and there's the one that mounts i would say get the mount one because that's a lot of weight to magnet to the front of the scope now the original ones were smaller than the new ones the new ones have you used to have to play with it to adjust it and now they have wheels and things to make it adjust but they're huge and they work now i don't want to get into the drama but the guy mentioned 22 and there Mm -hmm. is a bit of personal drama around this but Night Force sells a prism. It's mm-hmm. very small. It's very lightweight. It's less than a thousand dollars, and they have a percentage marked. So their fixed percentage, because it's a single lens prism, unlike a mirror system like the Charlie Tarak. Now, right. this yeah. being said. John Baker went to Night Force. Night Force said no thanks and then came out with their own. They don't like each other. There was patents and NDAs running around shot one year, and I'm not getting in the middle of that. I'm just telling you there is a prism that for a 22 is a very good option that's not a lot of money. It works really well, and it just mounts on the front, and Night Force makes a prism. But the Charlie Terrax... As I was telling you earlier, they have little bitty ones for red dots that you could just flip up a yep. single lens. So you got like your your uh you know fifty yard zero on your AR, three hundred yard, fifty mm-hmm. yard, whatever. Then you hit this button, the lens pops up, and it's just a tiny little thing. It's super small and light, and now you have a dead zero at five hundred yards on your red dot. 
you can do things like that. Yeah. And there's a bunch of them with um, TACCOM USA there from little for a red dot all the way up to the big ELR guns. He has a whole menu and he makes the structured barrels that have the holes yeah. and the transitions. And so yep. Baker yep. does a we lot of very um, tricky things. But yeah, good shit. Yeah, absolutely good shit. Really good shit. And yeah, that was funny too because I, I, the class that I just did after the brawl, it was we were we were um, five five six and seven six two, and um, we were we were taking those we were taking those five five sixes a long way. But we had a lot of really good weather this week to sure. I've so shot the Charlie Tarek to four thousand yards when I did the Jan's place in Roswell. Mm-hmm. Um, we used Charlie Tareks and we went to four thousand with them. And, and, and absolutely they work. And then, like I said, the new yeah. ones that have the adjustment where you don't have to unlock it and turn it to, to change elevations, right. they're so much easier now. They're just a big unit, so they're meant for the big guns. And right. I would rather yeah. mount it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, cool deal, brother. I guess we're going to wrap it up, man. All right, Again, man. Hitch, hitch like I out. like I told you at the uh, like I told you at the uh, award ceremony, we we really we really love it when you come down here, man. It's nice to see you drive through the gate. I want to thank you again for making the trip from from Colorado to come down here and, and hang out with us, and uh, thank Laura for for being out there in mm-hmm. the in the weather operating as an RO. We really appreciate that as well as all of the ROs. So uh, it's just um, I just wanted to bring that up, man. Like I said, we we had a. We had one, we had a podcast before and I wanted to do a, a post brawl podcast with you. And I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know that you're extremely busy today. We had to, we had to get fit this one through the eye of a needle just to get you on. Yeah. On. They were bugging you me all day. Time. My phone didn't want to yeah. stop, but no, yeah. I appreciate it. I had a blast down there. Laura had a blast. We really liked it. And, and, and we had good. a good time. We had a good time down there and, and it, it was enjoyable and she'd do it again. She just said, cool, man. Cool. Cool. Oh, cool. Good. Good. Absolutely. I'll, I'll hold, I'll hold the both of you to that. You got it. <laughs> All right, man. We'll just uh, get out of here. Remember, check out that list of sponsors. It's up on the Rifles Only website as well as the Rifles Only Facebook. ROAP at RiflesOnly.com. If you have a question, you got any questions for Frank, all you have to do is send them to ROAP. I'll forward them over, and he'll talk about them on his podcast, or he'll come back on this one. Thank you again. Thanks for taking the time to visit with us. Cheers.